Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 131, Come and Fear Not. Something that I've been impressed about this year as I've studied the Doctrine and Covenants is how, at least for the revelations that we've studied so far, how the Lord declares that he knows the individual he's speaking to. Thou art Joseph, my servant Martin. Thou art Oliver, my son. Behold, thou art Hiram. And he proceeds to tell them a little something that he knows about them, about their heart or their weakness and their desires. Often throwing in something that no other individual living would know except for him and his child that he's speaking to. He shows how he has a personal knowledge of each of these men and he knows the right course, instruction, reprimand that they need in that moment so that they don't fail. And I also love, and I've used the color aqua to highlight in my scriptures on my iPad, when he declares who he is, behold, I am God. I am the same that spake unto you from the beginning. Behold, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Did I not visit you? I am the light which shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Remember the words of him who is the life and light of the world, your Redeemer, your Lord, your God. Isn't he the best? I can't wait to be beside him one day in the flesh. So let's take a look at Alma chapter 7. And what does my random doctrine and covenants thoughts have to do with today's lesson? It's not really creative at all. It's just a reminder that Jesus is personally acquainted with you and I. And that is the message that resonates to me as Alma teaches the people of Gideon. I'd like to think if I was a Nephite member of the church that I would feel more at home with the people of Gideon than with the people of Zarahemla. And Alma can tell that they are a people full of faith. He asks them at one point, do you believe these things? And then he says, behold, I say unto you, yea. I know that ye believe them, and the way that I know that ye believe them is by the manifestation of the Spirit which is in me. He goes on to say that he knows their faith is strong, and that he perceives that they are in the paths of righteousness which lead to the kingdom of God. He perceives even that they are making God's path straight before them. They have been, and as they are listening to him, are being exceedingly diligent and are heeding Alma's words. Alma recognizes that the people of Gideon are in a different way than the people of Zarahemla. Their pride is not as pronounced, and convincing them to repent is not as laborious as it had been in Zarahemla. Alma even describes his experience when he was teaching the people of Zarahemla. He described it as having to wade through much affliction and sorrow before he could obtain joy. 
gratefully, he's having a different experience in the land of Gideon. Which is good, because the city's namesake had in recent years lost his life for the word of God. And to know that these people are honoring God's words is honoring their progenitor, isn't it? So Alma's message to the people of Gideon was sweet and tender. And he spoke of things to come, reminding the people that the time is not far distant, that the Redeemer liveth and cometh among his people. Now, mind you, we've talked about this before, but not time is not far distant is not necessarily like it's going to happen next week. It's going to be in about 80 years or so. Alma instructs the people that he doesn't intend to say that Jesus Christ will come to them in his mortality. He doesn't know that to be the case, but if it is, he knows that God has the power to do it. Can you hear Alma's faith in all of this? Alma doesn't have an absolute knowledge. He is speaking from the spirit of revelation, just like you and I. Speaking from his personal revelation that he has gained, no doubt, through the same means as we do. Scripture study, prayer, fasting, temple attendance, pondering. Just like us. And just like us, he is a disciple of Jesus Christ moving forward in faith. Alma reminds the people that Jesus will be born of Mary and that he will be the son of God, Mary being overshadowed and conceiving by the power of the Holy Ghost. Alma teaches the people that Mary is is precious and she's chosen. It wasn't out of convenience that Mary became the Redeemer's mother. This was her mission upon the earth all along. Now, it's verses 11 through 13 that I desire to focus on today, the tender message that these good hearts needed to hear so that they can continue to be buoyed up. Because what is it that you need to hear on the daily? As you are going about your day, doing your responsibilities, trying to be wise, temperate, remembering your covenants, what is it that you need? What is it you need when that day doesn't go according to plan despite your best efforts or your heart is hurt or disappointed even though you tried responding in kind? What is it you need when that hot flash of anger rises up in you or when you're tired and discouraged and you're feeling weak and picked on maybe, confused or just a little lost? You need a friend, don't you? But not just any friend. You need a friend who gets it. Who not only gets it, but gets how deeply you feel what you're feeling and how hard you've been trying to choose the better part. You want someone who's all, you want someone who already knows that about you. Someone you don't need to explain your excuses away to them to try and convince them to try and earn their validation, but just someone who gets you. That is what Jesus is for us. He already gets us. And Alma and Carrie language wanted to give the people of Gideon this truth that they could sit with and find comfort in. So how is this possible? We know how awesome Jesus is and how awesome his ability to perfectly obey God the Father is. It's remarkable and perhaps even intimidating on a certain level. But we must also celebrate and express thanks that he was part mortal while he did all of this as well. Because of his mortality, being the son of Mary, 
Adapting to his body, managing those appetites, experiencing the intensity of human emotions that we feel. The wrestle it sometimes is to hear God. The distractions that can rise up and take us off course so easily. He experienced all of these things and was still victorious. That makes him the perfect individual to sit beside us as we're experiencing all of those things. Alma taught that Jesus shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. And is it just me? Or does it make you love him even more that he experienced all those things too? I know he did in the end. We always talk about the end. But all along the way, Jesus Christ experienced what we experience on the daily. And he did this so the word might be fulfilled, which saith he will take upon him the pains and the sicknesses of his people. He will take upon him our infirmities, that his bowels may be filled with mercy. He will experience this in the flesh. And all of the challenges that having flesh brings up for us, he will experience this as well, so that he will know the perfect way to succor his people according to their infirmities. He knows the perfect amount empathizing in the perfect way, holding back perfectly so we can grow and blessing us perfectly so that not one of our trials goes unsanctified for our good. Alma teaches that the Spirit knoweth all things. Nevertheless, the Son of God suffereth according to the flesh that he might take upon him the sins of the people that he might blot out their transgressions according to the power of his deliverance. He will know the perfect way to clean us up, blot out those transgressions from us. We have a Savior that has voluntarily moved beyond the philosophical, and he dwelt in the reality of mortality. The Savior has more than knowledge which alone is pretty fantastic, but he has experience that he adds to the knowledge, which gives him the ability to know how to help you. So, during those days when it was so hard for me to walk into Relief Society and try and find a spot amongst women that I didn't believe were too friendly towards me, the Savior knew and experienced that dilemma and helped me to find courage to find a seat, because that's where I needed to be, and to start changing my story about them. When in my early years of mothering, during a period of time that every night I would go to bed crying, and the fact that I could start again tomorrow did not bring me comfort. (laughs) The Savior knew my experience and my emotions and my fears, and he could be beside me. Not shaming me, but soothing me. I didn't realize it in the moment, but perhaps it was his perfect plan to let me cry. To cleanse my body of those trapped emotions until I was tired and could fall asleep and get as much sleep as I possibly could with waking babies and toddlers during those years. 
I didn't need to justify myself or convince him to be my friend. He knew where I was at and he met me there. He knows how hard my heart has ached for a number of years when friendships just kept dissolving. And he knew how scared I was when job security wasn't one of our blessings. And his sucker for me, because he knew me always was, it's okay. It'll be better tomorrow. You're doing so much better than you think you are. You aren't alone. Learn of me. This is the beauty that we rarely associate with the commandment, endure to the end. We always think of it begrudgingly. But remarkable moments come when we seek the sustenance we are in need of from the Good Shepherd. When we do as Alma instructed the people of Gideon to make our path straighter back to God. That God's paths are straight. There's nothing crooked about them. And he is with us. His entire plan made it possible that he could be the very best friend ever to each and every one of us, making it possible to believe him and his servants when they do say, come and fear not.